Let's go to Genesis 1-1. We're just going to start at the beginning of the Bible and preach the whole thing. All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. And we've talked about this before, but it's been kind of sporadic because I haven't really preached for a while. But I'll be preaching tonight, and then hopefully we can finish up on Sunday. But there's some things I want to get to by Sunday. And, and we're going to be talking about the life of God. And really, we want to talk about how we are empowered to, for all the redemptive promises. We are empowered. We are forgiven. We get saved by God's life. And God's life comes into our spirit and uh, makes us a new creature in Christ. So how much we need to understand and realize and start walking in a revelation of really who we are and what that life can do for us. And really, uh, this is something that I've been meditating on and, and, and just wanting to get an understanding to the body of Christ and to our congregation that we aren't just healed time to time to time, but we can walk in a divine health we can walk in a divine life. Now, we come short because we're human beings. But if we'll keep preaching it, we'll keep meditating on it, we'll keep growing in these things, we'll start getting a revelation, and sometimes we may not understand. And I, wanna, I, I do want to share a quick scripture with you here before we go any further. And it's in Deuteronomy, if I find it, yes, Deuteronomy 29, 29. And it says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to you, our children forever, that we may do all the works of the law, all the words of the law. So there's revelation that we need. But there are some secret things. There are some things we don't under, always understand. I can't go home with you. And you can't come home with me. You understand? I, I mean, so we don't understand everything. But at the same time, we're, we're praying for understanding how to help different congregation members. We're, we're praying for light. We're praying for understanding how to get it to you. And then we, too, walking in it. Because I know there are certain things that trip me up. One of them is making sure I get rest. You know, the other day I was talking about, and I just want to mention this briefly, because I don't think, I don't always get a chance to, to minister as much, and that's, you know, it just happens that way. I get plenty of time to preach, and, and I'm not concerned about that. Um, but it seems like sometimes I'm just working on other projects or what have you. But uh, with that, sometimes I override my spirit. And I'm not always obedient. So that will start tripping me up. So I've got to start ministering more. Um, sometimes I don't get enough rest. So that starts tripping me up. You know, yesterday I, I was supposed to come into the office and I just told him, I, you know, 
dealing with symptoms of an ear infection and this and that because I didn't get enough rest. I'm doing good today. You're all good. I'm not running a fever. You're all fine, okay? Um, but see, when I was saying the other day that I'm done with this, like the whole COVID thing, it wasn't that I was trying to heap condemnation on anybody. No, not, not whatsoever. It's the, the biggest thing with me is, how can I say this and say it nice? I've done the research for the last three years. I, I've followed this thing. And there's so much uh, baloney going on out there. And the biggest thing is that we've got to remember it's not to yield to fear. That's a big, so we just have to, you know, people that need to rest, stay home and rest. If you're dealing with symptoms, if you're hacking all over the place, it's probably not a good time to come to church. You know, I say it that way. I, you know, I want it to be comical so that, so, you know, laugh. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, if you're doing, dealing with some serious symptoms, you can come and have hands laid on you because we believe the Bible, okay? But at the same time, you may need to just stay home and rest, too. But the biggest thing is don't make it a habit. And there are plenty of times, you know, that they were healed as what? They went as they went. And I know my mom and dad taught me, you get up and you go to school and you're going to feel better. I'm just saying. Anybody else grow up with that? Yeah. A few of you did. Yeah, some of you are just, you know, need some help. <laughs> Mom, I want to stay home. No, you're not staying home. Get up, go to school. You'll feel better when you get there. I always did. Always did. And if I, if I did when I got home, you know, she was giving me soup and Tylenol and stuff. And then I went to school again the next day. So I'm just saying. So with that, understand our heart of the biggest thing of, of what I was saying is I'm not signing up for six-foot distancing. I'm not signing up for all the mask wearing. I'm not signing up for this type of stuff of then wearing a mask and then be put on a plane and have to sit on the lap of a six-foot... You know, know, because they put you right... That mask is not doing anything. So, um, I'm not signing up... Uh, to be harassed about getting a vaccine. I'm not signed up for all that. If you want to wear a mask, if you want to get the vaccine, all that, hey, that... I've never tried to put any condemnation on anybody, but I will say I'm getting stronger about just believing that I can't override my heart and just say, hey, I'm all good with this. Because I'm really not. I'm really not. It's time for us to stand up and... Just because what the devil would like to do is get everybody, you know, six foot distancing. Nobody come to church because, you know, if you go to church, that's where it all spreads. You know, I'm just saying, you know, you can't go on missions trips anymore because, you know, the international flights, your businesses are shutting down. So he wants you to go broke. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Well, that's enough of that. So that's where I was coming from. That's where I was coming from. If you, if you don't agree with what we believe along that line, we can just agree to disagree and still be a family and still love one another. And you can sit on the front row with your mask if you'd like. You can even put your sleeve out there where you got the vaccine if you want and even put a heart around it. I mean, I, it's okay with me. I'm all right with that. I'm just saying. 
but I, I do believe that sometimes when we say things as pastors, people are listening, so maybe they'll go do some research and understand what some of this is all about. Maybe. So moving right along, as pastors, we are to emphasize the truth of God's word. And we are to emphasize putting that first. So that's, that's what I need to do. All right? So in Genesis 1-1, we have God calling things that be as though they're not. We see that, that Abraham in Romans 4 was our father of faith. And he followed the example of God and called those things that be not as though they were. God said, let there be... That word be means come to pass. Let light come to pass. Yes. And that was the example we're to follow. And we, are, we were to follow Adam's faith. Yes. If we go over, if we go back to Genesis 1.1, in, let's go to chapter 2, verse, let's just go with verse 1. Actually, no. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. So where do you think he got that from? Uh, after his father God. So Adam was an example. And Adam had the very life of God in him. How do we know that? Well, back up to verse 7. Let's go there. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And, and breath means wind of the spirit. Breath of life. And that word life means quickening, raw life, quickening power, you could say. And man became a living being. So when we read that scripture, let's go back to that for the offering Well, there we go. When we read that scripture for, in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Actually, I think I read 1 Corinthians 15, 45, but the, this is another good one. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, uh, Adam, became a living, life-giving spirit. And in the Amplified, it says this... Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. So the life of God, Adam was a son of God. And he had the very life of God in order for him to even live, to get up. You know, God made him out of the dirt. He made all the creatures out of the dirt. So obviously they were living, but the one that was made in God's image was Adam. And therefore he had a, the life of God living in him to where he was a spirit man. And he had a soul and a body. But he was a spirit like God. So animals aren't spirits. How do they live? I don't know. God's amazing. <laughs> okay. The dogs and the cats and, you know, the horses and whatever. Um, they, all, you know, they obviously live, but they were not spirit beings. Some people treat them like that, but they're not. So anyway, we won't go there. We've, we've already had enough meddling for tonight. 
but anyway, because life was breathed into Adam and into Eve, and, and they were made in God's image. And if we just back up there in chapter 1, verse 26, chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. So we can go on down there to verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over, and God said. Now, what we need to understand is man was able to yield fruit because out of his spirit, he was able, that was the very power of God that lived inside of him. And really it's synonymous terms, the Holy Spirit, the life of God, the, uh, the, the grace of God. I mean, there are different words for life. It can be a manner of life, but I'm talking about the very fullness of God, the zoe fullness of God, the nature, the divine life of God that really helped them to sustain life. And to be a spirit. Yes. It, it was the very nature of God. And therefore they were in his likeness. And therefore they had authority. But it was authority that was backed with life. Yes. Why are you smiling at me? You need to come up here? Yeah, okay, come on up. You're just standing there. <laughs> Looking all cute. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're fine. Well, you're standing there like you needed something. <laughs> I was like, okay, we can help you out. <laughs> I mean, it is in the middle of my sermon, but what do you need? <laughs> okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, I'm just giving you a hard time. So it was the, the life force of God that he spoke out of his spirit. And really, that's, that's what he was able to tend that garden with. Do you, you understand? Because after they had to leave the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, then they had to tend that garden by the sweat of their brow. But before then, they didn't. So how are they tending that garden? Well, I guess with their words. Because they were no longer able to use words out of their spirit. Now, we'll talk a little bit how they did use words, and God was able to move on their behalf. But I'm talking about literally speaking out of their spirit through life force power. And when we understand what's inside of us and what, who God made us, and when, see, it takes, it, it's a learning curve. We can't expect everybody to get this overnight. We can't expect everybody to understand their, their true authority. Adam and Eve lost that life. Now, they obviously had a remnant that kept them alive. I mean, he stayed alive for 900 years. Something's going to keep you alive. But the lights went out. And in uh, Ezekiel, uh, it, he prophesied, I will give you a new heart. You have a stony heart, but I'm going to give you a new heart. So that life-giving spirit that was a new heart came through Christ. So Adam and Eve lost that, but before that, they tended that garden through their words. And they were supposed to protect that garden. And we're supposed to tend and protect our garden, our home, our family, with words of life. Amen? And, and, you know, it's just like sometimes I just want to... Shout it from the housetop. There are times I don't feel well. There are times I'm dealing with stuff. And sometimes, like I said, I put it on myself because I didn't get enough rest. Or You understand? 
But, uh, and you can cast the first stone, but anyway, moving right along. But I want to be an example. I really do. And that's even here lately been making more changes in how we eat and different things. And praise the Lord. We're going to be an example. And, and we're, we're walking in longevity because we've got things to do. Right? Yeah. Uh, but so in the Old Testament, after Adam and Eve had to leave the garden, there were, there were years that went by that they could get the blessings of God. They had a covenant. They could speak it, but God was the one actually that he had to come in and move on that thing. Now, it's always God's power, but we as believers in Christ, when that life came back into man through Christ, the Spirit of Christ, I, I say it like that, the Spirit of Christ came to live inside of you when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that's the very life, power, grace, anointing, glory of God. Now, many times when we say glory, we're talking more about that corporate anointing, you understand, because there are different connotations of what that life and that grace mean, but basically, the life of God is the power of God. And when you have a revelation, what do we talk about? That germination process. How do you get revelation? Start looking in his word, specifically in the areas of your need. What do you need? Start meditating on those things. And, and then start speaking it out. And it's going to start out with just a confession of meditation. Yeah. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. But do your best not to be talking yeah. doubt and unbelief. Do your best uh, not to be counteracting yeah. the word of God by talking. You know, even I, I have to be careful. Rather than, oh, I'm really tired today. Yeah. Now, I, I don't normally say that, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, Pastor Jay years ago did a message and he talked about how the words tired mean to be vexed and things like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm sleepy then. <laughs> so, I mean, it is what it is. If you didn't get enough sleep, you're a little sleepy. Not everybody knows that tired means vexed, but if you know, I guess you better not say it anymore, you know? I, so anyway, I mean, it's a good message. I, anyway, praise the Lord. What he's trying to say is stop speaking vexation over your life. So yes. about, and, and even when I'm dealing with symptoms, if somebody asks me, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing well. I'm dealing with some symptoms. I'm needing to get some extra rest and this and that. But praise the Lord, power of God's working in me. Amen. And I usually, if anybody asks me how I'm doing, if they want to hear it, I'm like the power of God working in me. Amen. Hey, Vince, how are you doing? Good to see you tonight. I like that little hair flip you're doing. <laughs> Sorry, did I embarrass you? <laughs> it's good to see you. Praise the Lord. Got to keep it, you know, got to keep it fun. Let people know we love them. Anyway, move right along. So, you know, before Vince interrupted me. <laughs> Not, Yeah. <laughs> Son, Vince, son, I called you, it's Blake. Sorry, you're Vince, you're Blake. Before y'all interrupted me, I'm just saying, I, I got stuff to preach here, okay? Gonna move on? Oh, anyway, I'm just giving you a hard time. So, it's all good, that's right. We are going to my notes, <laughs> so I've, 
figure out where I am here. So anyway, in 2 Corinthians, we all know that scripture, don't we? The life of God. We're talking about the, the life of God. And how that life came into man from the beginning. Now, they lost it, but then we got it back. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone... I'll be honest with you. So just get back up. Just get back up. And it's okay. It's okay. There's no embarrassment in getting back up. Getting back up. And the love of God shining through you because you have a heart of love for people. And God wants you to know he loves you. He loves you. Praise the Lord. I just had you in my heart. And I'm trying to remember if that was yesterday or just today. And, and so praise the Lord. God just wants you to know he, he loves you. So in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, we have been redeemed. We have received an all-inclusive salvation package that includes freedom from sickness and disease as new creatures uh, from poverty and lack. Amen. As new creatures in Christ, we have been forgiven. We no longer need to be condemned, but just trust in the redemptive power or life of God that lives yes. within us. Yes. Amen. John 1, 1 through 4. Let's read that. John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the word and that would be Jesus right because we've got the, the we've got the Godhead we've got the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Jesus was the word and he uh, came to earth and the word became flesh and the Holy Ghost uh, when when Jesus died on the cross and rose again the Holy Ghost had to leave in order uh, well, anyway, that's not what I'm preaching, so move them right along. Let's get back to, uh, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was Jesus. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was what? Life. life. The life is the Holy Spirit. Amen. The life is the spirit, and the life was the light of men. But actually, Jesus, Jesus had to leave so that we would have the spirit. That's what I was trying to say. I just got it all mixed up. Got my tongue all tied up. But now you know, okay? So anyway, I, I'm in rare form tonight. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. So let's read that one more time in verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, or the Holy Spirit, and the life was the light. Or that, that word light means development of men. So in order for us to be developed, in order for us to walk into the promises of God, in order for us to walk in our healing covenant, in order for us to do anything in this life, we've got to access... The life of God within. Amen. 
I said, we have to access the life of God within. And many of us don't understand that we have authority, but it does take skill to use that authority. And when we've been living under bondage for years, we don't just expect somebody to understand overnight that they have authority because the enemy has been lying for years. And, and yes, there's a certain amount of fear that we've got to understand that we need to take authority over that spirit of fear. There's a certain amount of things. We've been allowing the enemy in for several years. And then when you get saved and you, you don't know everything that you have. It's just like when I, when I go to a resort, I, I went to that resort in Mexico with Dr. Dufresne's uh, ministry and Pastor Jay and I stayed in a place and it was all inclusive. What do you mean? They gave us water. You could eat at all the restaurants. It was wonderful. It's like I can get the most expensive thing on the menu and I don't have to pay for it. I mean, you know, I'm blessed, but I'm just saying. That's wonderful. It's like, give me a ribeye, okay? And all the fixings or T-bone or whatever. It, I mean, it's wonderful. And it's okay if you have something left over. I don't usually take things home in a box anyway, but you know, you don't have to take it all home in a box because you're trying to hoard it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Moving right along. So I want to read you something. Would that be okay? As soon as I find it, I'm going to read it to you. Okay, here we go. In the book Divine Healing and Health for Today, and we go to the chapter 6 on God's Word brings life and health, and there's a statement that we made in that, and I want to, I want to read that to you. God's words are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. We can only find and access this divine life of God which produces health in our bodies as we pursue the answers in the pages of God's word. The answers bring faith's understanding of the heart and lock and unlock the door to the treasure of his power that lies within the human spirit of man. We must continually attend to the scriptures in order to be taught and gain a revelation of what and where this grace of life is and how we can take hold and use it in order to employ the benefits of our salvation, redemption in Christ. So understand that that very life inside of you, you may not understand how to access it. And when I'm at that resort, I don't understand Everything I have in that all-inclusive, but when I find out, I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm calling them up and saying, hey, I need some more water. I am parched. Bring it on. Okay? I mean, whatever it takes. When you're hungry, you go to the restaurant, and you don't have to take your credit card because it's all-inclusive. So how many in the body of Christ are understanding, even in your home, do you go into your home and, 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 and you yell out and say, I need some coffee. <laughs> well, then go get some. Go in the kitchen and turn on the pot and you know how to make it, right? Do you stand in the living room? Uh, living room, it's like, I need to use the facilities. Okay, we'd really be, we'd be thinking you're strange by that time. I'm tired, I need a bed. Well, go in the bedroom and get in the bed. But how many know if you've never been in that house? You don't know where everything is. But if it's your house, I'm just saying, you might want to learn what the bedroom is. Yes. 
you might want to find out where the coffee machine is and where the bathroom is and all of that because it's yours. And it takes a while. It's a learning curve for us to understand that we have that. And how many know if you go home tonight and your door is bolted? Okay. What are you going to think about that? You're going to be calling on the phone. Hey, you bolted the door. Well, you know, I did want I did want somebody to get in there. Get back here. Come open it up. Maybe it was a child. <laughs> Not a child, maybe a teenager. Well, mom, I locked the door. You locked me out. Come back here and open the door. Yes, ma'am. Click. Well, sometimes you got to do that to the devil. Okay, he's telling you, you don't have access to healing. You know, because grandpa died of this. And he's telling you that you're going to be broke the rest of your life. Because look at all these bills piling up on you. He's telling you that you're not forgiven because you don't feel like it. I just feel like a dog. I just, I just feel like so condemned. I've just messed up for the... 2,000 time. You need to call Mr. Devil up and say, hey, dude, get out of my home and, and unlock the door and get out of here. And we have to learn our authority in Christ. See, I'm, I'm just trying to make it come home to you there. So the Hebrew word for life in Proverbs 4.22 is the word H-A-Y. And it means alive, hence raw, fresh, plant, water, strong, living, quickening. Therefore, we're going back to that, word, that germination process. And there are things in our life that need to be restored. You see, when we understand what we have in our home, when we understand what we have in Christ... In our home, that's a natural illustration. But what we have in Christ, we have been redeemed. We have been redeemed from poverty and lack. We have been redeemed from destruction of any sort. But there's some things that have been ravaged in our life that we need to learn to become skilled in these things. And it is the life of God. It's that life force in our spirit, man, that we learn to access like a treasure in a treasure chest that you can get out. And it's like, wow, this is worth millions, quadrillions, whatever, when they find these treasures under the sea. And when we learn what we have and we turn it in and access it in Jesus' name, because that's the key, in Jesus' name, you have power in your spirit. And when you say, in the name of Jesus, I command sickness to go. In the name of Jesus, I, I, I command poverty and lack to get out of here. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you take your thoughts of condemnation and you get out of here. And if we will understand that speaking life over our body versus, I understand you may feel tired, you may feel sick, you may be dealing with symptoms, but my friend, what you, what you speak out of your spirit matters. Yes, yes, yes. 
So be careful to just not be yielding to, oh my goodness. Do you know what the doctor said today? I remember uh, years ago, uh, a roommate of mine, we had been to Rayma and graduated. I went off and got, well, I was actually getting ready to get married. And I was at uh, uh, Jay's uh, roommate's uh, apartment. And that's when we were engaged to be married. Uh, we weren't going to Rayma, but we went back. I moved back there and was attending uh, the church there at Rayma. And we were very involved with the healing school and, and what have you there. And hadn't gotten married yet, but we were getting ready to. And anyway, my roommate came. We were getting ready to have dinner. And she knocked on the door. I guess she had been trying to get a hold of me, and I, I and wasn't able to. Back then, we didn't have a cell phone. So she would have tried to get us on the landline. And for some reason, uh, we didn't get it. So she, she was outside, and she was very distraught. And I, and I went out there and said, you know, what's wrong? She said, well, I was diagnosed with cancer today. And uh, it's one of those things that I'm like, you know, what can I do? How can I help you? Went into that. But the biggest thing was that I, the only thing I want to bring out, and then we're going to move on, in that was the tears in her eyes and the way that she told me. I could tell that she was just not diagnosed with it, but it had gotten inside of her. And I knew this may not be easy. It got inside of her. And this is somebody that God had used to lay hands on the sick and in, in the ministry and in, as an evangelist. I mean, she was just a you know, powerful uh, woman of God. But somehow, just that got inside of her. Now, we were able to keep her alive for quite a while and so on and so forth and worked with her. But she did go on to heaven. And again, the secret things. That's between her and the Lord. But sometimes God will show us things. And if, if it's a need to know. You know, as pastors, we need to know because we want to get better at helping people. You know, as spouses, we need to know because it might be something that, that we need to share or, or with somebody or whatever. But other than that, we just don't even touch it in thought life. We just, we don't. Now, I wasn't trying to make that story up, you know, I understand, but, or, or to, to bring that story out, but I think it helps us. Yes. I think it helps us in, in, in times like these, yes. that when we will just say, Lord, anything I need to know, yes. show me. Yes. But at this point in time, I'm not going to yield to condemnation of what I did wrong. I'm not going to, okay, I'm not going to do that because our Heavenly Father does not want us to get on the express of condemnation. Stay off that train. Don't, don't, don't go with that. We need to focus on believing and walking in love. Because if, if you go over to 1 John chapter 3 there, our assurance comes by believing and walking in love not through condemnation. So just lay it down. Lord, if there's anything I need to know, and really anything in our life that we've missed it in. And when we come to a knowledge of, okay, that's sin, lay it down. Lay it down say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. But show me, you know, anything I need to know. 
show me anything I need to change. But some people, they just can't forgive themselves. And they're always looking under every bush. Oh, did I miss it here? Did I miss it there? Did, did I do this wrong? And frankly, we're going by feelings and we're going by solical feelings right. that have been fed so many years. I mean, you understand that there, there are times you eat too many sugar and you feel condemned. There are times that you've, you, I, I'm being honest here. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. Seriously, if you're tired... Sometimes you just, I mean, the enemy can try to heap con condemnation on you. So don't make major decisions when you're tired. You understand? Um, in my life, I'm endeavoring to get to a place where my food and, and my sleep patterns and different things and, and the things that I ingest or, or even uh, what I think on will not affect my heart because we don't need to be yielding to condemnation and really just throughout the day if something comes to me I'm like I just have to tell shut up just shut up and you know to the devil and then I will just go in the word and the, the washing of the water of the word and just focus on who you are in Christ and, and he who began a good work in me, he's faithful to complete it. And stop meditating on the areas that maybe you've missed it on. Stop looking under every bush. Stop, stop going by feelings. Stop going by perception. Sometimes people will ask me, you know, I'm sorry. I think I missed it in this area. I'm like, I didn't know you missed it. So go to God, if you know, ask him. But you know what? God doesn't want us to come to him all day long asking us where we missed it. I mean, I think he just wants us to come in his presence and eat an ice cream cone or something. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. I, I mean, I, whatever. I don't think he cares if you eat an ice cream cone. Just don't do it all day long. I mean, every day of the week. But uh, I'm just talking about spiritually speaking. He wants us to come and just enjoy his presence. And not, because even if we have missed it, and I've said this, it's like, Lord, look, I know I haven't always made the mark. And there are things I need to do better, but you know my heart, and I've tried to get it to you. So can we just have fun? Is that all right? Can we, can we just have some fun right now? Can, and, you know, go to a joy scripture or something yeah. like that. Call a friend that you just enjoy yeah. being around. I mean, that just is fun. Yes. And, you know, sometimes you just want to have fun. Somebody coming in the house and they're just like, uh. <laughs> so what do you do? Go in the other room. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we 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 just want to have fun. Okay. I think there's a song. Anyway. Praise the Lord. Okay. Where else should we go? <laughs> what time is it? Okay. I thought the clock would save me here. Praise the Lord. All right. Luke 4, 13. Let's go there. Luke 4, 13. So, God's our example. Adam was our example. He called things, right? That be not as though they were. Abraham's our example, right? Jesus is our example. So, he 
came and he was a representation of taking the anointing and ministering to the people. And he laid hands on the sick and they recovered. And that was that anointing. That was that, a life of God. But really, that was the life, that was the anointing that would live inside the believer yes. through his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. But his whole example on the earth was how to use the anointing. Yes. Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Yes. And he laid hands on the sick and he emphasized faith to receive that power. So now as believers in Christ through the death, the burial, and resurrection, and we've received him as our Lord and Savior, we have that anointing, life, power, synonymous terms. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us so we don't really, we, we can have somebody lay hands on us and there's nothing wrong with that because God has put, you know, he said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But it's really drawing from within the power of God within and laying hands on people because you have power within you. And, but you've got to get their agreement. And I will lay hands on different people as sometimes I'm led to as they walk out. I'm just, and I'll say, hello, Miss Healed and Hold today. How are you doing? I mean, I've done that with different ones that have been pregnant. Mom and I were laughing. I don't know how we got off on it. But anyway, um, I was talking about uh, pregnant people. Sometimes I'm drawn to pregnant, you know, the, you know, the, the ones in the church that having babies, they're, they're my young spiritual daughters, you understand? So you touched her tummy and, hey, pray the Lord. But I usually pray for them. And I'm imparting life because there's an anointing on my life to do so. So I'm, I'm not just, oh, No, I'm like, in Jesus' name, the power of God's working it. And sometimes I'm drawn to do that. But we were laughing because I was saying, you know, some people are just probably thinking, get your hands off me. (laughs) Leave me alone. Everybody touching my belly today. Leave me alone. (laughs) And I said to somebody, uh, "What uh, was that you, Susanna? Where'd you go? She was here. Anyway, where you at, Susanna? Okay, my stepdad. All right. So I, I, I said one day, you probably don't want me touching your tummy. Pastor Debbie, you can touch my tummy anytime you want. <laughs> but Jesus was a, the, what am I trying to get to? Jesus was a representation of that anointing. Now, there are ministers that have an anointing upon them. We understand that in the fivefold ministry. Not everybody, but there are some ministers that have that anointing, that, that power that, that Jesus delegated to his disciples, right? And uh, Pastor Jay and I have flowed in that. You know, we worked in the healing school, and, and usually we'd just preach the word, and sometimes we'd be led to have people come up and, and lay hands on them. But uh, every Thursday, we would lay hands on individual or brother Keith Moore would do that as well but we do it in the morning and then sometimes we would help in the afternoons to to do that or minister to them on Fridays uh, anyway when we took the service for brother Moore so with that Jesus was that representation of how we are to use that life there we go from Genesis 1-1 and now we're clear over into the gospels because we have different examples. You know, Abraham did not have the life of God in him, but he, his, word, his uh, name had been Abram. 
And what did that mean? A father. But then God called him Abraham. See, God needed him to be in agreement. See, so that's the faith that we are to see. That Abraham called himself what God called him. Now, God came on the scene and used his power for Abraham's behalf. Now, it's, it's God's power, but that power now lives inside of us. So with that, we can speak that power out of our mouth. We are not God, but we are uh, children made in his image. And we are to use that same power and speak. And e even though we're in agreement with God, we're also propelling that power by our words. And it's a, it's a life force power that when we get skilled at that and using our authority that because there are things when the enemy knows that you're walking in your authority he will try to come and you know we 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 don't uh, it's just like when a when a small child comes in and they're they're learning to walk and they fall down we don't say oh get up you're not supposed to fall no, they're just a child. They need to learn. And uh, we're, we're teaching people their authority. And let's, let's understand this. And we all know this. Even those of us have been in the ministry, even those of us who have been Christian for years, have been hearing this message, have been meditating on things, sometimes we get weak in these areas and we fall down. And I don't want somebody, you know, being all mean to me. Let me tell you something. If I were to go home early, it is absolutely my fault. <laughs> I know too much, <laughs> okay? But at the same time, we're not here to condemn one another. We're just here to help one another. And I'm not looking at everybody as like, it's your fault because of this, your fault because you did this. That's nothing like that. God wants us to focus on who we are in Christ and teach people to become skilled. And if we don't make the mark, then we just learn to get better. Okay? So I'm harder on myself. That's why I would say it's absolutely my fault because I've been knowing these things for several years and I usually know where I'm missing it, what I need to do. Now that doesn't mean I got a big head about me like I know everything because I'm going to God daily and just asking him things. But I'm just saying. So, so understand that we're all at different levels in the body of Christ and we're all using that life force within us at different levels in the body of Christ. But at the same time, some of us that have been here a long time need to go back and review our notes. Meditate on the word. Ask the Lord to help us to become more skilled so that we can help. You know, is there, and it, usually if there's an area I knew that I could have done better, yeah. I know it right then and there. Yeah. And I, it, you know, there was, there was a time not too long ago, I went home and I said, I'm sorry, Lord, you dealt with me to do this and I didn't. And that can affect somebody's life. Yeah. I'm talking about if I would have been more obedient in a certain area, but how many know that I cannot get on that train of condemnation and I, I, I just have to learn from it and move on. I said, I have to learn from it and move on. So I said all that to say, don't yield to that condemnation. Jesus, he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out through the surrounding region. 
and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, as his custom was. And we've got to have habits in our life. We've got to have habits and we've got to learn how to use this power within us. He went into the synagogue. Now, that power of God was upon Jesus. You understand? Uh, just like it was on the prophet and the priest and, and, and the king many times. Uh, and and they, they flowed in an anointing at, at that time that people didn't have within, but they had it upon. But Jesus was a representation of that power upon that was going to be inside us. He used that power to lay hands on the sick, but he taught people that, that uh, uh, if they had faith in that anointing, that they could be raised up and be whole. And now we know that anointing lives inside of us. So he said, go lay hands on the sick. Go and do this. Why? Because now you have that anointing inside of you. That anointing that was upon me, I'm saying Jesus, that anointing that was upon him, it came inside of us. And he was a representation of laying hands on the sick. But now we have it inside of us. And yes, there are ministers that have an anointing upon them that we can still lay hands on the sick, but we still teach people to use their faith like Jesus taught us, and he was the example. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. He's really talking about our threefold redemption and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Today I'm functioning in and performing this ministry that has been prophesied. It says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Romans 8, 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you... He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And that word is zoe, the God kind of life. And it means raw life. It means uh, quickening power. In John 10.10, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. That means to the full, till it overflows. Like Pastor Nancy's talked about, it's a measurable flow. And we can learn to become more skilled, not, not condemning one another at different levels, helping learn what you have inside of you. If you fall, get back up and learn, wipe yourself off, just like they do in track meets or or whatever. They get back up. Let's learn how to not help our, you know, to help ourselves, but let's learn how to help others. And if you don't know how to help yourself, you're going to have a hard time helping others. 
You understand? Now, I'm not saying you have to, you have to wait for the full manifestation before you can help others because there have been times I came by faith and I didn't feel well and I was preaching and teaching and laying hands on the sick. But I knew my manifestation was coming, but that's God's end of it, not mine. And I'm in faith, and it's working in me, praise the Lord. So I'm going to lay hands on other people. But I'm talking about when you're in that position like on a plane, they tell you, you know, learn how to put the, the oxygen on first and then put it on the baby. Because when you don't know how to put it on yourself, you're going to put it on sideways on the baby and not going to help anybody. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Getting to preach. So Jesus was the fulfillment of what Isaiah prophesied. Jesus was the fulfillment of God's anointing, his life that was brought back to his man. As born-again Christians, we need to do two things to allow that life to readily flow and receive uh, Forgiveness, healing, financial blessing of, of any, anything we need in our life. That is to believe on the name of Jesus and to love one another. Why don't you stand up? So that's the key. When we find it, how do you use it? Believe and walk in love. Say that with me. Believe and walk in love. Amen. Yeah, we got to watch our smart alecky mouths. We got to watch yielding to just getting, I mean, really? Having a bad hair day? Your bad hair day may affect other people. I'm just saying, you know, and I'm not saying God allows us five bad hair, bad, like vacation time, okay? I'm just saying, we can't just take off. Let's learn. To be consistent in this. Let's, let's learn not to just have off days. Okay, I've been using my faith all, all day. I, I'm through with this. Okay, I'm going home and, you know, I've been in the spirit all day. I've been in the spirit, but I'm zipping out. Let's see what we can find on the TV tonight. I'm just saying. No, stay in, stay in your glory cloud. Stay in the love walk. Stay in the righteous actions. Not just knowing that you're righteous, but acting on it. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Anybody got a song? Somebody ought to have something after that. Did that help anybody tonight? The life of God. Learning to walk in that life. Following the example of our Father God. Because we are made in His image. Learning that we have that life force. That living spirit that came back to live within us. That Adam and Eve lost. And we can be faith people. Just like our father Abraham. When he didn't have the life of God in him. 
but it worked because he said what God said. And if, if we say what the Word of God says with a heart of belief, then that life force, it will take us out. That velocity, uh, it, will, it will take us out of the orbit of destruction, sickness, and disease. My friend, just because maybe you're new to these things, and maybe you've given up, I'm not sure which camera's on. Maybe you've given in, you've given up, and I'm just here to remind you, you have the life of God inside of you. Just throw down all that the devil's saying to you. You tell him to shut up, and you get back up, and you spark you start speaking who you are in Christ you start speaking I've got the life of God inside of me you start speaking he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it you start saying I'm prospered I'm blessed and you go to church where they're teaching redemption and you learn to be skilled And we will learn to help one another and pray for one another.